not afraid to spank his kids. The man that hands out trophies to only winners. The man brave enough to shop at Walmart after midnight. He was born in a radio station back when man walked on the moon. An apprentice under the doctor of democracy for 20 years. Political Dad is on the Common Sense Broadcast Network. To get in touch with Political Dad, just email him, pd at csbn.live, or check out politicaldad.net for your fill of common sense. And now, the man that's not afraid to throw all his garbage in one trash can. Ah, yes, here I am back again. This is Political Dad on the Political Dad podcast. This is my second episode, and it's called Life After Death. Part 2. And in this episode, I finish introducing myself to you and where I came from. The life after death represents the fact that I worked for Rush Limbaugh for the last 20 years up until his death. I want to thank everybody for all the great Facebook comments I've been seeing. Whew! Wow. But keep them coming. I love it. Okay, some of the things that I referenced in the last podcast where I was going to talk about ESPN and the fact that Rush did ESPN. And yes, I was there for all that. That had to be around 2003, I believe. Rush came to us and told us he was going to be on the, uh, what was the name of that show with uh, Chris Berman and all the guys, Tom Jackson and Michael Irvin. Come on, man. And Rush would come in and do a little commentary but he would put a political spin on it which of course was probably the beginning of the end of sports for everybody (laughs) because now there's politics and everything uh it used to be my outlet was sports and that was one of the connections i had with rush was uh, we love sports we both loved nfl football his team obviously was the steelers and mine was the tampa bay buccaneers so we always bonded over that I was very excited when Rush got into the uh, ESPN gig. Uh, he would fly off. He had a G5, G550 Gulfstream airplane. And he actually told us that he would fly. Sometimes he'd fly the crew, you know, the ESPN crew with him. And have my, he just had a blast doing that. It was fun. It was fun for us because then I got to see him a little bit on the weekends and stuff. And, uh, that, was, that was amazing. That was, that was cool. He did struggle. He had the cochlear implant at that time. But he managed to make it through. And that was all going great up until uh, we got into the Donovan McNabb controversy. You know, Rush, he's always pushing the boundaries. He looks at things outside the box, as you would say. And he basically said that the media was propping up Donovan McNabb because he was a black quarterback. Propping him up and saying that he was better than he really was as a quarterback. Most people were in agreement with him. Even some of those on the staff of ESPN agreed that he was overrated. At least that's what he told us. Rush's main point was that Donovan McNabb was overrated because the media wanted to see a successful black quarterback. I can understand where he was getting at, and he was trying to push the edges. But, I mean, all those guys are amazing talents at that level. 
yes, he was black. And yes, he didn't have the success that some people thought he was going to have. But he was a really, really, really good football player. And he seems to be a really, really good person. So unfortunately, that kind of backfired on Rush. We started, we didn't get any heat on it at the radio show for the first three or four days. It took a while. Then all of a sudden, this media firestorm. And then, of course, ESPN fired, or basically, I don't know that they fired him, but they basically came to an agreement to uh, not have Rush on the show anymore. That was a little bit sad. And that was one of those big controversies that was kind of a bummer because it was exciting. It was fun. I I love the NFL. And at the time, it was fun, and I enjoyed it. There was a point when uh, Rush was trying to buy part of the St. Louis Rams, and he was all jacked up and ready to do that. Boy, when they caught wind of that in the media, they didn't like it. And here came the firestorm again. It wasn't always easy for Rush. Rush did not get what he wanted all the time. There's no doubt about that. But even so, it was it was pretty amazing. It was a fun experience. Either way, I think things worked out fine for Rush, and they worked out fine for Donovan McNabb. It was just crazy with the way the news was breaking all the time. And we have that same thing nowadays. I mean, here's an example right here uh, just on my Twitter feed this week. Breaking news. We had a new bombshell that documents reveal nefarious activity within the Trump family that reveal treason and bribery. Now, I don't know what the facts are to back this stuff up, but this is the kind of stuff people put on there, and they list the whole Trump family. Then you go down a few more tweets from there, and you got nine Biden family members receive wire transfers from foreign nationals through the Biden family intricate web of shell companies. I mean, they're all crooks. (laughs) Who do you believe? What do you believe? When I look at all this stuff, it looks like everybody's a crook in D.C. I don't know. I have no way of knowing and neither do any of us other than the fact the way they're running the country, which is right into the ground. I mean, are they all crooks? You guys tell me. I don't know. Maybe you guys know. Reach out to me. Hit me up at pd at csbn.live on the email or hit me up on Twitter. It's politicaldadnet, politicaldadnet on Twitter, or you can hit me up on Facebook. You know, I'm trying to have all these ways for you guys to reach me. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. Get your input. Give me your thoughts. Tell me if you loved Rush. Tell me if you hated Rush. Tell me if you love Trump. Tell me if you hate Trump. Tell me if you love Biden or hate Biden. We're all on the same team, and we got to figure this out together. Uh, basically, my what is this? Oh, CSBN Live on Facebook. CSBN Live on Facebook. And in, ca- in case you're wondering, CSBN is the Common Sense Broadcast Network. Another way is you can go to politicaldad.net. That's www.politicaldad.net. That will take you to my page where you can join an email or find all this information on how to reach me. It's all right there, politicaldad.net. To get in touch with Political Dad, just email him at pd at csbn.live or check out politicaldad.net for your fill of common sense. Now, one of the things that happened... Coming out of this ESPN stuff was, since that created such a firestorm, I was actually in Philadelphia at the time, and I went to the NAB radio convention with my father, and Rush was going to speak there. So we went ahead of time, a day early, and then Rush flew in the next day, and I get this phone call. And on this phone call from somebody that you all know, they said, listen, there's some stuff coming out in the media. Don't answer your phone. I'm like, what? (laughs) So 
I didn't know what was going on. But then I turn on the news and there's all these cameras and they're all showing Rush, trying to find Rush's plane that has landed at the Philly airport. And I'm like, what on earth is going on? Apparently, Rush's maid at the time had gone to the National Enquirer and told all these stories about drugs. I had no clue. I had never even met the maid. I mean, the house staff and the radio staff never, other than the chef, we never knew each other. Um, They worked at the house. We worked at the studios over on Royal Palm Way. So all of this news about this maid who I've never met um, was all out. I didn't know what to believe. And they're all saying, uh, the maid is saying that uh, he's a major drug user and all this stuff. And I'm like, what are they talking about? I mean, I've been sitting in front of the man for the last two or three years watching him do a radio show. I had no clue. Had no clue. I didn't understand it. It did not compute. I'd never been around anything like that. So I just, I didn't, I didn't know what was going on right in front of my own eyes. So I really don't know how much of what she said is true or not true. I just knew the man and he was great to me. I never had any problems. I never saw anything. Uh, It just, at that point, I, I was, I didn't know any more than anybody else. It was quite shocking. So I went to the NAB convention and Rush came in and there was a media circus all around him. He did his speech and I talked with everybody that was there with me in the show and we're like, all right, what do we do now? And they're like, well, fly back to Florida. So I flew back to Florida and then they announced that Rush was going into rehab for the next 30 days. So that was uh, that was quite shocking. I had wondered is that the end? Are we done here? Or I just, I didn't know what to think. And so of course you're thinking that all this is true at this point, because why else would he go into rehab? Well, obviously he had a problem, but I didn't, I just, I didn't have that kind of relationship with him at that time. So I, I didn't know that any of that was going on. And it was a shock to me. I know it was a shock to Dawn and it was a shock to James. So, uh, it's it was one of the low points. The good news about that was during this time we were remodeling the studios in Palm Beach. And while Rush was in rehab, I actually met my wife. So that was the good thing for me during that time period. I met my wife. That started uh the part of me that is the dad part now. But uh, I will always be able to remember when I met her because it was during this period. The one thing I do know, when Rush came back from rehab, he looked amazing. He was slim. He looked handsome. It was the best I'd ever seen him in my entire life. He seemed to be doing really well when he came out of rehab. I guess that was something that he needed to do anyway. So you got to look at it uh, from a positive I know that a lot of people are hard on Rush because you do learn about how powerful it can be and how it can control your life. And he obviously learned that right there. Luckily, though, he didn't let that stop him. He got back up. You know, we all get knocked down and you got to get back up. And that was one of those times where he got knocked down and he got back up and we helped him get back up. He continued on. His show became bigger and better and bigger and better. A truly great job. And I'm very proud of the way he pulled through with all that. And it was an amazing, an amazing journey. 
that we all took together. So go ahead and throw all your stuff at me, your comments and Facebook things and all that so I can take it. But uh, that was basically how I saw it when it all went down. And he he came through it like a champ. He could have folded, packed his bags and gone away right there, but he did not. He, he fought through it and he managed to live a pretty nice life the rest of his days. And it brought us all closer together, which was one of those things because we, we all went through that together. But I don't want to go through that again. So, <laughs> so right now, let's let's take a moment and let's take a pause for the cause right here on the Political Dad Podcast. We have all the answers. Don't go away. You're listening to the Common Sense Broadcast Network. Be sure to check out our great podcast on hefepods.com. That's spelled J-E-F-E pods.com. You'll find an ever-growing selection of shows, some of which are hosted by your favorite radio personalities, from popular English language shows to the hard-to-find Spanish language shows. Check out the newest episodes of Taylor's Table, The Haunting or Not podcast, and more. They can all be found at hefepods.com. That's J-E-F-E pods.com. And be sure to tell a friend or two or three. Reverberating positivity throughout the world. Political Dad is on the CSB Network. And now, the man that can bench press more than Arnold Schwarzenegger. All right, thanks for joining me again here on the Political Dad podcast. This is part two, Life After Death. And I'm really enjoying this. It's I'm starting to feel a little bit more comfortable the more of these shows that we do going to start getting a little bit more of the daily topics in here and one of those if i don't know if you've seen is they're they're talking about the fact that ai can bring the notorious big's voice back to life and should it well this this is an interesting topic because we're gonna have a lot of this going on and one of those one of those things could be is they could bring rush's voice back i mean that we have tons and tons of audio of his voice it wouldn't be that hard for them to make a radio show with Rush using AI. I don't think that that should be done, but um, this AI thing is going to be an issue as we move forward in life. But I'm just warning you, it could be done. Come on, man. I mean, since Rush has been gone, I, I would get in the car and drive somewhere. I'd listen to the radio and I realized how bad radio is these days. Podcasts. Podcasts are terrible. There's just no entertainment. It's just like a mouthpiece just talking, da, 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 and then you tune right out. There's no entertainment factor. I mean, that was the one great thing we had on the Rush Limbaugh show is we had all this entertainment. It was fun. We did these bits. It was exciting. There are some good ones. There are a few good ones out there, but the vast majority of podcasts, oh my God, it's so terrible. I, all right, I'm going to drop a few, a few hints here or clues or pointers, I guess would be the right term, for things that Rush would always tell us, listen, if I'm doing this, tell me. Number one was if he was screaming or yelling, if he was screaming or yelling, Tell him immediately. He did not want to come off as though he was screaming and yelling at the audience. He felt that it turned, tuned people right off. They would tune tune to another radio station. And I have to agree with you. I mean, there are hosts out there, if you listen to the radio now, that are screaming and yelling. And it might be funny once in a while, but all the time it just gets tiring. So that was his number one thing. 
The other one was, am I talking too fast? He always asked us that all the time. Seems like every time we come out of a monologue, he would ask, am I talking too fast? Am I talking too fast? You know, we would tell him we'd be straight. If you listen to the radio today, you have hosts that talk 90 miles an hour and they're just talk, 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 and I'm just like worn out and tired. They're about 10 minutes. I'm like, oh, I got to change the channel. Well, so that was another thing that he was, he was very big about not talking fast and not screaming. I guess one of the other big things that he was very uh, conscious of was the fact that he would be the star of the show. I mean, we, yes, we had some guests, but just a handful of them. Very rarely did we have guests. And once in a while, he would do a phone call about a book or something like that. But almost every day, it was just rushed for three hours other than the phone calls that we took from the listeners, from you guys. You know, Howard Stern has like 14 different people in the studio. Well, Rush didn't really do that. Even when we talked to him on the talkback or Snurdly talked to him or Don, you guys couldn't hear that. Only Rush. So I think that was one of the things, one of the other keys for him that worked really well. You know, that, no screaming, no yelling, don't talk so fast, be very relatable to your audience. And he was amazing at that. He really was. You turned on that golden EIB microphone and it was just amazing. So I'm going to take some of those clues from Rush and maybe some of you other broadcasters out there or you podcasters or whatever might want to take some clues from that. I'm here to share. Listen, I think podcasting and the radio business, I want it to be here for a long time. And we need to get better broadcasters on the radio or on podcasts. Let me quit ranting on uh, broadcasters and how bad they are. (laughs) Come on, man. Why don't we get back to some of the important things like what House Democrat Chair Peter Aguiar says that the surge of illegal immigrants at the southern border is due to people fleeing because of climate change. You've got to be kidding. They had this article on uh, MSNBC, the RNC research tweet here talks about it and has the interview. And I just... I wonder how much more detached these people can be. This immigration fight is going to be something. I'm not sure uh, if Ron DeSantis is not going to get some blowback on this. I think he's posturing himself for a position for run at the White House, and that's why he's using Florida for this. I think it's going to backfire on him. I mean, we need need people to rebuild Southwest Florida, which has been devastated. I don't see the American workers here doing it. Um, I just, it's going to really put a pressure, put a lot of pressure on business down here and keeping this economy going when we can't find people to work. Uh, We struggle all the time. So many businesses are struggling in Florida. I live here, so I know. It is so hard to find workers, and now they're making it even harder. I don't think it's a good thing for the economy, but then again, I don't think the politicians care about that. They just care about getting into the White House or getting into D.C. so they can fill their pockets full of money. That's generally how this seems to work for the last 50 years or 100 years or however long they've been doing that. I'm pretty sure that most of you feel the same way, and it's frustrating. It doesn't matter if you're on the left or if you're on the right. They're all doing it. They all go in there with nothing and come out there multimillionaires. I just don't get it. And we don't seem to have a way to stop them. I thought Donald Trump was the answer. That didn't seem to work. 
Uh, he was an outsider. Now they are frying him to pieces. I mean, they are not going to let him back in D.C. He might think he's going to, but that's not happening. I can tell you that. They're not going to let it happen. They don't let outsiders in there. We snuck him through the first time. He's not getting in there again. So I'm not sure what we do now. I mean, Ron DeSantis, he, he doesn't have the Trump money. Trump had his own money. That's why he was able to sneak in there. DeSantis doesn't. He's going to have to give favors to these guys to get in there, and then they're going to control them, just like all the other ones up there. So how do we how do we beat this? How do we combat this? I would love your comments. I would love to hear about this. PD at csbn.live. Send your comments. Go to my politicaldad.net page. You can leave your comments there. There's a little microphone. Just send your messages to me that way. Or go to Twitter or go to Facebook. Tell all your friends. I'd love to get your comments. I'd love to figure this out together. What what direction do we go in? Is it time to panic? Rush would always say. And Rush would say, don't worry about that. I will tell you when it's time to panic. Well, I don't know. Is it time to panic at this point? With the way they keep raising the debt ceiling, they keep giving away money. And it doesn't matter if it's the left or the right that's in there. They're all giving it away. They're trying to buy votes. It just keeps continuing and continuing. This country is going to go broke if we don't fix this. So send me your comments. This is basically what this show is going to be about, talking about politics. I'll interject a little bit of rush stuff throughout the years. And let's have fun. Let's see if we can figure this out together. Let's save our country. I love America. I love being in America. I think America stands for some of the greatest things. It's amazing for such a young country what we've been able to accomplish. So let's all stick together. Let's do it. Let's work together. Send me those comments. And thanks again for checking out the Political Dad podcast. Don't forget, all you have to say is, Alexa, play the Political Dad podcast to hear the latest from the Professor of Logic. To get in touch with Political Dad, just email him pd at csbn.live or check out politicaldad.net for your fill of common sense. Hey, I want to thank you guys once again for checking me out here. Politicaldad.net is the website. Uh, Send me your questions or comments on anything. If you have some topics you want me to talk about or bring up, I'd love to hear from you. Just hit up politicaldad.net. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. I've got this podcast. Next week, we'll probably be talking about this uh, border crisis. What to do about that? Apparently, Elon Musk is going to step aside, and he's named a new person in charge. We can talk about that. You got Trump with sexual assault verdicts against him. You've got all sorts of stuff. I think one of the topics that I'd like to talk about in the next podcast is when is too old for a president? I mean, Trump or Biden is 80. By the time he's done with this, he'll be 82. And then if he got reelected, he would actually be 86. When is too old? I mean, Trump is right behind him. I mean, my father's 80. And he is not as sharp and as quick as he was when he was 60. There's just no doubt about it. I just feel like we need to put a cap on how old a president can be. You can't run after a certain age. They're, they're not able to handle stress and to handle the job the way they really should be. So we've got to quit putting up these presidents and candidates. They're 80 years old. It just doesn't make sense. Somebody ought to be 45 to 65. 
Somewhere in that range, to me, that makes sense. Is that not common sense? Because that's what we're all about here. So let's see if we can talk about that next on this next podcast. Thanks again for sticking with me. It's Political Dad here on the Political Dad podcast. Check me out on Alexa, iHeart, Apple Podcasts, you name it. We're everywhere. Give me your feedback. PD at csbn.live.